Every chance that I get to talk to one of my closest friends, uh, our conversation typically draws back into the early years of when we first met. And I'm speaking of 20 years ago. He and I used to carpool together to Corpus Christi from South Texas to Corpus Christi every Thursday morning to go to school. We were going through seminary. You know, 20 years ago when I was making those trips, I was going through the immigration status and transition from uh, full-time visa, student visa to uh, residency and eventually citizenship. And you know, when you're a foreigner and you have to go through those steps, you are constantly reminded that you don't have full rights, that you don't have all the benefits as someone who is born in the country or eventually naturalized. You know, Peter is speaking exactly the same language to the churches of the dispersion. Because they're going through, as I mentioned before, they're going through internal problems within the church. They're going through the oppression of culture or government in their lives. And then eventually, these people are going to go through severe persecution. He begins on verse 11. This is chapter 2 of 1 Peter, where he reminds him, says, Beloved, speaking of the position, they're legally positioned in Christ. Which, by the way, that position in Christ has nothing to do with their behavior. This is exclusively the behavior of Christ that creates that legal status. But that legal status now moves you into action or moves you into possession, from position to possession. This is why he says on verse 11, I urge you. And then he describes this, these words as strangers and foreigners. Meaning, once again, when you're a stranger, when you're a foreigner, you got limited rights. You are not permanently home yet. You know, again, speaking of the conflict and the turmoil and the difficulties, sometimes life and those difficulties remind you that you are limited. And these people were limited. They were oppressed and again persecuted eventually for the sake of Jesus. And in the context of limitations, in the context that God allowing those persecutions, God allowing the grief and the loss and the suffering, he reminds it of the rights that they have, because you do have rights in Jesus Christ. What are those rights? Glad you ask. Here's what he says at the end of the verse. He says, strangers, again, and foreigners. Now, this is what I'm urging to do. I want you to abstain. I want to see this is the right that we have. We have the right to abstain. Because before, before Christ, before the position, we didn't, we didn't have that right. We had to sin. We were legally bonded. We were legally engaged, positioned to sin. Now, since we are positioned in Christ, this is, in my mind, I'm thinking of Romans 8.1. There is no condemnation for those who are, what is it? Position in Christ. So we got the right to abstain. By the way, the abstaining, the right to, the exercising of that right, literally that battle begins at conversion. From the moment that we say yes to the gospel, we begin that process of abstaining, which is part of the process of possessing Jesus Christ. What are we supposed to abstain from? He, he's going to list some things that we're supposed to abstain from. And he basically says you, you need to abstain from fleshly lust. You need to abstain from, again, the things that wage war against our souls and our possession of Jesus Christ. We are not home yet. We're on this together and we are operating from the position that we have. Now we're called to possess by simply exercising the right to abstain from those things that bring grief into the heart of Jesus. Have a wonderful Saturday. God bless.